0: All right. All right. All right. You're listening to the We're Talking Football Podcast. I'm Weston with me as always. My right hand man, Lou. Kiss the guns. Praise the Lord. Lou, let me be the very first to wish you
1: and our audience
0: a very happy Thanksgiving.
1: Uh, thanks, Wes, I appreciate that And uh, same to you and your family, buddy
0: I, I appreciate it, make sure you give uh, The Mrs. and the Little Angel uh, My love and The appreciation for letting you spare some time The night before uh, A major holiday but enough, with vi-
1: this, enough with the sappy shit now let's, Yeah, let's yeah. <laughs> get to it, yeah, last
0: year I think we spent A whole a segment on what we were thankful For, and we're still thankful for all those things Right, yes. like, nothing's changed in, in that Regard, but we are here to recap week eleven of the twenty twenty two NFL season, but I have a question for you, and I think this is the real question of the day. Tomorrow, Turkey Day, do you enjoy Thanksgiving Day football?
1: Huh? Do so I? I'm gonna say no, and let me tell you why. For the most part, they're bad games. If I am forced to watch the Lions, uh, the Cowboys are always entertaining. Um, last year, I think it was Cowboys Raiders. That was a good game. Right. Nope. Um, but as some of the matchups are just, you know, less to be desired, but this week, this this week is this year is a little different. I feel like I think the game's are going to be a little more exciting. I, I mean,
0: I certainly hope so. I, I kind of agree with you, right? Like, you know what you're getting, you're getting the dose of the lines, you're getting the dose of the Cowboys. It really depends on how the schedule lines up this year. Um, you know, buffalo at detroit and considering buffalo just played in detroit so this might even feel like a home game for them Mm -hmm. at this point um i do think that middle slotted game cowboys giants has some appeal at least from a a record standpoint and positioning for playoffs in the the nfc east don't know really how i feel about the night game but the like the real reason why i ask is I think I'm a fan of like the early games, right? Like I like this concept of a twelve thirty game. I like mm-hmm. this concept of a four thirty game on the East Coast, but I hate the night game. Like I I literally despise the night game, and it's partly because I'm probably like in a food coma, half in the bag from too much wine or whatever the beverage of choice is. That like, candidly, like I just want to go to bed, but then like I feel forced that I have to watch football, right? And like and I don't want to at that point in time. But I also – let me let me add the caveat here. I also think that I am scarred around this night game because my team has played in two of those essentially over the last two, 10 years. The only two times I can ever remember my team, the San Francisco 49ers, playing on Thanksgiving Day. Um, and both of those are losses, right? So you have the Harbaugh Bowl um, when they, both Baltimore and the 49ers were rolling and, and – John Harbaugh and the Ravens got that W. And then I have to remember the 2013 debacle, which, true story, on this day, my dog ran away. And I legitimately spent 13 hours during the day trying to find my dog. Jesus. Gave up at dinner time and basically was like, all right, I, I watched Thanksgiving football by myself because I was looking for the dog and everybody else in the family was out elsewhere. My wife, bless her, she was not my wife at that point, we were not married, that's how long ago this was, brought me dinner from her family's house because I did not eat dinner and I was by myself, and then proceeded to watch the 49ers lose to the Seahawks. And the Seahawks, specifically the Legion of Boom, eating turkey at the 50-yard line of the 49ers field wow. during this game, so con- so disappointed, eventually went outside, and this is yes, when I was still a – Cigarette smoker went outside was smoking a cigarette by myself. Again, mind you, 30 12 o'clock at night to my dog just prancing down the street by itself and walking right up to me like it hadn't been gone for the
1: previous 14 hours. <laughs> oh man, what is that's a freaking story? What I like to do for these games though, Weston, is this uh I along with some other other of our howl buddies, we have a turkey bowl. So basically we do a draft, uh, the six of us, and pretty much you just pick for all the players that are playing. And, you know, it's one quarterback, one running back, one run, wide receiver, one uh, flex, one tight end, one kicker, one defense. And, you know, winner takes all. And you just go a traditional snake draft. And that makes it a little more exciting. Um, so I, that's how I – that's – I think that adds the excitement, even if the games are, are pretty shitty.
0: Well, now that you mention it, um, at least on Thursdays, Thanksgiving Thursday – you know, you have six versus two teams playing. So at least it's a little bit more of an active day from even oh, a fantasy yeah. football perspective um, and increases the likelihood that you have some, some players running that day. But I'm just always curious, right? Cause everybody's like football, football, football. And I'm like, nah, like, Sunday is a holiday. Every Sunday during football season is a holiday in my house. I don't need Thanksgiving to like as an excuse to watch football.
1: I mean, yeah, the football's always on in the background, but like how much can you really pay attention because it's one of two things. Either A you're paying attention and you're being a prick to everyone else around you or B uh, you're not paying attention, and you're talking to people about uh, you know politics, religion, and all that fun stuff. So, yeah. uh, pick your poison. So it's semi enjoyable, but you really can't just sit there from twelve thirty to like you know ten at night and enjoy it. You have to you have to basically balance between being a family person and also uh, you know and a fanatic. Well, I'm I'm
0: a fanatic first. Unfortunately, um, what's what's funny, dude, is I re- I can recall. So back when in my younger days, I have a, an uncle that is married into my mom's side of the family. And this is uh, the older of the siblings on my mom's side. And we used to alternate holidays, like the Christmases and the Thanksgivings, between the, the aunts and uncles on my mom's side, like who we would go, whose house we would go, etc. And then all the other, because my mom has all sisters, one brother who's like the oldest, um, but all rest sisters. So all the other brother-in-laws essentially would veto going to this one uncle's house because he refused people to... um, refused to let people watch TV at his house during Thanksgiving and watch Thanksgiving football. Mm. And all the other brother-in-laws are basically like, yeah, so we're just not going to go there
1: anymore. I I, I feel like even people are going to skip their
0: turn in their rotation. Yeah, Um, people
1: who who enjoy football know that.
0: It's just got to, at the very least on Thanksgiving, it's got to be on in the background,
1: dude. Yeah, you have
0: somebody true. at your house that is interested in that game, it's got to be on in the background. I agree. I'm with you. Dude, I host I host Christmas Eve at my house. That's like a big deal at my house. And Christmas Eve this year is essentially a football Sunday, mm-hmm. right? Like, So I got people coming and going, and I got to make sure the right games are on the right televisions in the house at the right time to, to accommodate everybody's interest, which I'm all about, right? I already told my family, you won't see me from 4 o'clock on. Which is a 49 type of game. But, like, hey, you got to prioritize. Lou, before we get lost in this evening's business, uh, opportune time to remind our listeners that tonight's episode is brought to you by Primetime Sports Talk, your top source for all major sports content, including DFS, fantasy advice, and great betting tips. Be sure to head to primetimesportstalk.com to check out their in depth analysis, exclusive content, fascinating interviews, and explore the rest of their amazing podcast family. Again, primetimesportstalk.com your go-to for sports content. And while we're on the subject, Lou, where can we be found?
1: You can find us on Twitter. It's still around Twitter. So people, uh, you can still find us at WTF pod NFL and Instagram. The same thing. WTF pod NFL.
0: Yeah. As
1: always on YouTube, Uh,
0: we're talking football. Very simple. Very easy. Like Subscribe. Um, and for the listeners, if Twitter ever does just shut down overnight, we will find the next most popular social media outlet and you will find us at there. <laughs> we will prioritize that. So Lou, we've been getting we've been getting with, <laughs> let me back up a little bit here. No. We have been beginning with our hot topics, subject matter uh, for the last several weeks tonight. I've been,
1: jo- been enjoying be no
0: different. Yeah. I mean, listen, it lets us get on a little bit of a rant and, and head right into, you know, our, our hometown takes and and rap about our team for a few moments. So if you don't mind, Lou, I'd love to take the pleasure of teeing you off and forgive me because I have this on my phone, how I want to phrase this to you. But I'm going to I'm going to lead in with a question to you. You you open to that No. Okay, cool. Then I'll just ask the question. I'll just
1: ask the question. I'll just
0: go fuck myself.
1: <laughs> <laughs> please, uh, before you do that, can you shut your camera off? <laughs>
0: yeah. I'll just put on blurred background.
1: <laughs> uh, we, need, right. we, need, we need a blur foreground. <laughs> <Four> <laughs> You're not going to see anything anyway.
0: <laughs> Don't give me too much credit. Okay, uh, yeah, um, all right. Before we go on a totally different tangent um, from Delirium, Lou, a, a, a very particular person volunteered this, but I don't think he's the o- the only one, and I'll and I'll, I'll kind of bring this to fruition for you. But Emmanuel Ocho recently, Gosh. among a number of hot takes that this gentleman has, you know, former NFL player, I get it, right? Lends himself to to some credibility. He recently coined Justin Herbert as the social media. Quarterback. So what does that mean? To me, that means that he is in the eyes of this individual and some other talking heads. He is praised too highly. And he's not scrutinized highly enough. So my question to you is, do you feel like that is accurate? And then according to Emmanuel Ocho's words, is Justin Herbert a social media quarterback that just kind of flies under the radar and is only celebrated when the good happens?
1: First and foremost, I will make a disclosure I am a Los Angeles Chargers fan. I also am a Justin Herbert fan. Uh, that being said, crux, but you're bum- not a homer. Thank you. Thank you're you. You're not a homer. I, I didn't believe in jo- I mean, jo- I. I was still skeptical until year two. I wanted to see Justin Herbert uh, repeat his uh, freshman performance with the Chargers, so I still was protecting my heart. wasn't wasn't um, I was very cautious in in the fandom of Justin Herbert because you know as a fan if you do get overly uh, you know attached to these players and then they fizzle out, i.e. Robert Griffin. Ie Carson Wentz, it's you know, it's, a, it's a letdown. So I was protecting my heart. So I am not a homer when it comes to Los Angeles Chargers or Justin Herbert. So let's back up here. So let's talk about Manuel Ocho. All right, uh, if you don't, if people don't know who he is, he's on Fox's uh, Speak for Yourself, and some of his best takes, you know, as an analyst, include Baker Mayfield should get just as much money as Josh Allen and Lamar Jackson. The Cowboys should not have released Jalen Smith because it's going to put too much stress on Micah Parsons, and Micah Parsons is going to struggle. And the, the one we're kind of alluding to right now, pre-draft, that Justin Herbert will be the biggest mistake in the NFL draft. And that's where this all started, right? <clears throat> so, yeah, you, I'm going to you know repeat what you said. His latest take is, you know, Justin Herbert is nothing but a social media quarterback. You are alluding to the fact that people just love throwing his uh, his flashy throws, his big plays and explosion plays on instagram and twitter and pretty much they don't show the entire story how he's a bad quarterback um he has bad decision making and how emmanuel ocho likes to prove his point how justin herbert is not good is usually by comparing him to tua all right it's this is eerily familiar eli big ben and philip rivers saga all over again But he was saying that if Tua threw the interception that Justin Herbert threw at the end of the Chiefs game, uh, he would have got killed when people really just ignore Justin Herbert when he does things like that. Ocho has been hating on Justin Herbert even before the draft, and he's really doubling down on this awful take, if you're asking my opinion. He often, like I said, compares Herbert to Tua, and he claims Tua is a better quarterback. And He's a better quarterback for these reasons. Listen to this now, Wesson. He says Tua has a better winning percentage than Justin Herbert. Can't argue there. Now, I'm not one of those guys that are going to say, you know me how I feel about records. Uh, it's not QB stat. If it is, then then I'm going to tell you right now, Zach Wilson is a phenomenal quarterback because he's 5-2, and two, and he's playing better than Brady then because his record this year is better than Tom Brady. So I'm not a uh, – a, uh, a team's record as a quarterback stat type of guy. But, hey, that, people argue with that. If you're not a winner, you're not a winner, all right? Tua has had six passing touchdowns where Justin Herbert has not. Tua's had a 400-yard passing game. Herbert doesn't. Tua's 4-0 against Bill Belichick. Herbert is 0-2. What kind of cherry-picking-ass shit and stats no. are these? How does this, these stats, these aforementioned stats, determine if one player is better than the other? A wise man once told me, "Don't argue with fools, because from a distance, they can't tell who from who." Who's that wise man, Weston? Come on, Jay Z. Jay Z. Hove, right? But Not I'm sorry, I'm t- a wise man. I, all right. Yeah, right. So l- listen, being that um, I got to do this, man. It, it kills me, but I have to kind of go down this deep, deep dark road of. Tua versus Herbert to kind of shut Emmanuel Ocho up, right? And it's a shame that I got to do this because, Weston, correct me if I'm wrong, right? Have I not been a Tua praiser since the draft process? You have. All right? And you've mocked me for that for two uh, years. Correct. I have. I'm okay. still mocking you for that. So, yes, full disclosure. But And it's a shame that in order to prove that one quarterback's good, you got to put down another quarterback. That's awful. But – I'm going to get down in the muck right now, and I'm going to get down and dirty with Emmanuel Ocho. And since he doesn't like looking at film, whether it's on Instagram or Twitter, how about we just focus on the numbers, right? Weston, what's the best ability? Availability. Availability is the best ability, all right? So this is me impersonating Emmanuel Ocho. He wants to pull up you know, stats to prove that Tua is better than Herbert. This is what I'm going to do. The best ability is availability. And Justin Herbert has played every game where Tua has never played a full season, all right, because of his injury history, whether it's concussions, hip, back, whatever you name it. It, He has a multitude of uh, injuries that has not let him play a full season in three years, but Justin Herbert has not missed one. Now let's look at the career comparisons. Herbert has had more completions, attempts, yards, touchdowns, yards per game than Tua, all right? But that's not fair because if you really look at it, Herbert has played more games than Tua, right? <clears> Ocho <throat> has questioned Herbert's decision making. But if you're questioning Herbert's decision making, then how does Herbert having a higher touchdown percentage while having an identical interception percentage? How does that hold true then? Meaning he he throws he averages more touchdowns per throw and the same amount of interceptions per throw as Tua. So he said Herbert's decision making is a C plus where where us is an A-plus, but the numbers are just not adding up here. All right, so don't look at the career comparisons, right, because that's maybe not fair uh, because of pretty much of um, Herbert's played more games, uh, he's had more stats, and, you know, you know, and all that. So let's look at this season, all right? So let's just focus on this season. Amongst the three quarterbacks drafted in this draft class, Herbert by far has the most completion and attempts. You know what that's telling me? His team relies on him more to stay in games than Tua and Joe Burrow. All right. Because they absolutely have nothing around him because of injuries. Right. And yes, Tua is having an MVP season. Let's not deny that his numbers are fantastic. And I'm not going to get into the injury history with the chargers. I'm not going to talk about their all pro left tackle being hurt. I'm not going to talk about them losing four of their top four, uh, four of their top five receivers for a multitude of games, right? I'm not going to go down that road, right? And I even won't be petty and say, if Tua didn't have his weapons, let's see how that would affect his play, all right? I'm not going to get down, because this is what Ocho would do, right? Or Acho, whatever hell his name is. That's what he would do. We already know what would happen if you took Tyreek Hill away from uh, Tua. We, we've seen it before, all right? We've, we've seen all that, right? But Herbert isn't a winner, that's where, um, that's where he's losing me. Okay. So that he's, Acho is basically saying that Herbert's not a winner. Then why does Herbert have the fourth most, uh, why does he have the uh, the most fourth qu- uh, quarter comebacks right now this season? Why uh, amongst all those three quarterbacks that we just talked about, and he has the most game winning drives in his career. All right. Why? Cause he's a better quarterback. Um, since he's entered this league, you know Herbert is third in the NFL in game-winning drives with Yes, That's more than Mahomes. How is Herbert not a, a game-winner? How does he make bad decisions if the stats are showing me otherwise? Dude, this is this is someone marrying their take. And this re- is just re-
0: clickbait 101 it's with a ma- ton of recency bias to it. I'm going to dispel that If you don't mind, I'm going to jump in, and I'm going to dispel this in mm-hmm. like a single second. Right, do I think Emmanuel Acho is wrong and anybody else we're just using his name but anybody else that might have this take that is wrong that it might feel like at this moment in time because I don't think he's wrong, right? Like pundits would rip Tua apart in that scenario.
1: Oh, uh, hold, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. I want to, I'm got to interrupt you there. I, you want to know why pundits have ripped Tua in the past? Do you want to know why? Maybe the fact that Tua sucked when he went in with the Miami Dolphins, right? And when they pulled him, what happened? They replaced him with Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? And, and what, did Ryan, what, what did Ryan Fitzpatrick do when, he, when he, played, he played with the same cast members as Tua, right? Nope. Yep. All right? Same yep. guys. Don't do the same guys. Same offensive line. What did Ryan, He won football games. Not only that, statistically, Ryan Fitzpatrick was a top 12 quarterback. And Tua was not. This is why people were killing Tua. It's not because he was playing bad, right? It's the fact that a journeyman came in, same scenario, utterly had way better more success than Tua. Yep. All right. You're right. I, that I is did. the only reason why people killed Tua is because he was a first round pick and he was getting outplayed, you know, uh, by a journeyman. Yep.
0: Listen. And you're, you're, you're leading me to my point, right? Like you're, you're taking me to the water. I'm going to drink it. It's that simple. The truth in the reality is, is like, you want to know why Herbert might get a pass in that scenario? It's because of his body of work leading into it. leaves zero doubt, right? Do you want to know why Tua would get sacrificed or even Jalen Hurts would get sacrificed is because they struggled mightily. In their first two years in this league that if they showed a struggle trait again, people are going to be like, look, it's 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 continuity. It's continuing where with like like we can argue right now that, yeah, Justin Herbert's having a quote unquote down year in comparison to his first two years. But in his first two years in the league, people all pundits, all talking heads will tell you this guy's a top 10 quarterback in the NFL. In his first two years in the league, that was never once, ever once uttered about Tua Tagovailoa and Jalen Hurts. This year, they just so happened to be playing very, very well.
1: What changed well, around them, Wesson? The team, dude. The team. The what team, do you mean the, by that? Can you elaborate? T- I kind of,
0: the, in Tua's case, the offense got better. A new play caller, uh, more playmakers, etc. In Jalen Hurts's case... Another playmaker added uh, a better defense that gives them more opportunity to be in positions to make plays.
1: Hold on. I'm going to I'm going to. Wow. This is this is not premeditated. Yeah, let's talk. Let's talk about defense. Right. Let's talk about defense because Herbert isn't a winner. Right. So over the last his first 3 years when he's been in the league the Chargers defense has ranked 23rd, 29th and 29th. Herbert has to play hero ball and he cannot do it all by himself. So if your defense is always ranked towards the bottom and you're a 500 quarterback, he picture if you had a, a a middling defense like a top 15 to you know 20 defense what his quarterback record would do, right? And the Chargers defense to even piggyback on that more, they actually lead in the last three years, they lead the NFL with nine fourth blown quarter leads. All right. So I don't know how this is all on Herbert. It's just, if you watch the game, you can realize he's balling out, but his defense is do, absolutely doing no favors to him.
0: Dude. It, it's, it's, it's a hot take to be a hot take. That's not an accurate hot take. And it has, like I said, I, I hate to use this term all the time, but I think this is what the NFL and most sports have become. It's just got recency bias, written all over it the moral of this story is if there is any leeway or gratitude provided for justin herbert and forgiving mistakes it's because he's earned it right it's literally because he's earned it it's not just somebody being like we like the guy we let it pass yeah we like the guy because he's got all the traits in the world and we've seen it and we've seen him light up the board statistically and we've seen him have tremendous amounts of success from a production perspective where this is our first glimmer of Jalen Hurts or Tua the people in his draft class right that you would compare him to essentially having that level of success in any capacity in any capacity dude how many people like again I told you out of the gate that for me Tua doesn't scratch the itch; just doesn't. Doesn't pass the sniff test for me. I and I, th- and w- I disagreed with you. You did, and but you know what? In his first two full seat or his first two seasons under center in some capacity, I was looking pretty smart. And by the end of those two seasons, a lot of the talking heads were saying the same shit that I said two years in advance. In- 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 That's right, dude. I I literally called for the Miami Dolphins to draft a quarterback the year after they drafted Tua Tagovailoa. Did I not? Yes. In our draft show, I said, "Hey." You got a lot of draft picks. This isn't a bad move to have a bunch of rookie quarterbacks under rookie contracts and let the, the best man win. Now, right now through 11 weeks of the season or 10 weeks that they've played, like, yeah, two has played good ball. You know what I mean? Has he shown me that he's going to go and like when the chips are on the line, beat yeah. up on a Josh Allen or, or beat up on a Patrick Mahomes or he did run, beat up when I say the chips Allen. on no, no, no. When the chips are on the line, dude, when the chips are on the line, totally different ball game totally different ballgame. Justin Herbert showed me that. Let me put to you like this. <laughs> if it's between Justin Herbert, Joe Burrow, Jalen Hurts, and Tua Tug of Viola, and I got one drive to go, it's number seven all day long for me. All day long. Burrow doesn't wear number seven, right? What does he wear? Nine? Yeah. So it's number, it's number seven <laughs> for me <laughs> all day.
1: <laughs> Didn't know where you're going with that. I'm like, um, John Elway? Yeah. Um <laughs> no, it's, but you it's, know what that you know I I've always say this, and this is one of my um my sayings or my isms that I, I constantly bring to the show. I say history repeats itself. How eerily similar is this with Peyton Manning? Oh. Think you about mean it. Eli. No, I'm talking about Peyton. Pey- Peyton when I Oh the, his start Pey- to his career choking in the playoffs can't beat the patriots can't play in cold weather um you know was only had regular season success type stuff very similar to you know to peyton manning uh and what ha- look at peyton manning's uh roster configuration in same exact thing the defense i've always said peyton manning the best quarterback and he would have Close to the same amount of rings is Tom Brady if he just had a 15 to 20 defense, uh ranked defense, right? Uh, he always Peyton always had,
0: manning is the best quarterback I've ever watched play football. Unquestionably.
1: Of course. But from a wins standpoint and a Super Bowl standpoint, you you know, you some people will argue with you. Uh, but if you if you gave you know Peyton Manning, you know, a decent defense, I just feel like you know, that that was squash that argument. But this is this is once again, like eerily from, you know, uh, similar, you know, to the, the talking heads back then. And I'm going to say this to Dolphin fans because Dolphin fans. Look, I'm looking at you. Right. I'm looking right at you, Dolphins fans. Boy, you've been really irritating lately. You cannot tell me that. If you had Justin Herbert, you, you would rather have Tua right now on your team rather than Justin Herbert. If Justin Herbert was on your team, you guys would be putting up even better numbers, oh, yeah. better records. You guys would be shooing for the first spot. You cannot tell me you're you're lying to me. You're lying to yourself. If you think that you would rather have Tua than Justin Herbert. So I'm sorry, man.
0: Uh, listen, it it's I I let's just let's leave it at this. We vehemently disagree with the the commentary and the notion around it, um, and this is what baffles me every day that these individuals get paid to do this, Lou. To just
1: he he made he made a claim they, that he 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 th- he, he, uh, he choked in the fourth quarter because he threw an interception to end the game. Did he not just score a touchdown to put them in the lead with a minute thirty seven left? Yeah. What else do you want from him? Like again. Against the Super
0: Bowl favorites right now, right? Like, literally against Super
1: Bowl favorites. Because he didn't come back with 33 seconds? Yeah. I'm sorry. stupid. Um...
0: Stupid. It's stupid. Um... As we're saying this, I got an email reminder about my Directv payment confirmation. I'm like, I'm still paying you right now for this <laughs>
1: fucking service. Only only one more year, man. Because then then they go go somewhere else.
0: Well, I'll, I'll gladly pay whoever that is because it'll be a better provider anyway. We should make that as a hot topic. Who 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 should carry the the network next year? It's
1: gonna be a streaming service, so but,
0: yeah. But which one? right and which one would you gladly
1: rumors is apple Apple, at this point Wes, i don't even give a shit because i I, everything they all come out of my card (laughs) so Uh at this point
0: yeah yeah it's auto debit anyway um all right you want to move on yes so we're we're going for one quarter
1: we're going we're going from one overrated quarterback to maybe another uh No, no, uh, you know, this week has been huge for uh, all the Zach Wilson chatter, right? And I want to ask you, what do you make of the Zach Wilson shit, right? Uh, did they, did the Jets deserve, should they have benched Zach Wilson first and foremost, right? That's going to be my question number one. If so, should have Flacco been the starting quarterback this week instead of White? So, I want to hear your thoughts on all this stuff that's going on. And because this is the Jets are six and four, so it's not like they're a losing team right now. Playoff
0: contenders, right now, it's
1: weird to have to have to kind of pull this rank and and do what they're doing from a quarterback standpoint. Um, so what do you think? What's going on in the metal lines?
0: I'm going to go backwards. Mike white over Joe Flacco is the right call. No way. Versus like
1: hundred percent.
0: Oh, okay. We'll talk about that. You want to talk about that right now? Or no, I mean, listen, you asked me a question. I gave you my answer. We don't have to debate the answer. Um, I think the real question here is about Zach Wilson. Um, and was this the right move for the New York jets? And I'm going to say it is the right move for the New York jets because of them being in playoff contention, right? like, Mm -hmm. I'm going to talk about this a little bit later in the show, so I don't want to, like, unveil all of this. It's, it's like a, a, a combination effect. It's, it's kind of like cause and effect. But mm-hmm. the truth is, is what's perplexing to me about this whole scenario and what, what not perplexing. What's concerning to me about this is the long term ramifications around. Dude, it's not just Zach Wilson's response to the question. It's his demeanor in the response, right? Like you, you hear it all the time where you, you give coaching advice or you talk to somebody about something and you're, and you're giving a difference of opinion, but they just seemingly don't understand, right? Like they don't get it and they don't grasp it. And that's the reality, like, dude. It's not like Zach Wilson is not Ryan Tannehill, who played like wide receiver most of their life or through collegiate ball and then like had one season that converted to quarterback. Like, why do most people become quarterback when they're kids and they have a choice and they think about, um, Joe Montana going to win the Super Bowl or kids now, I'm Tom Brady, right? And you're in your backyard and you're playing that scenario. It's because you they want, want to get asked when they get over. Yeah. But you want the <laughs> glory. Yeah. Yeah. And part of that is is the glory, right? Like is the, the glorification around the position, but most quarterbacks, even back to their pop Warner days are taught, dude, when you win, people are going to celebrate you. But when you lose, it's your bad. And right, wrong, or indifferent, that is the nature of the position. And what's concerning to me is for a guy who's probably been playing quarterback his entire life still doesn't grasp that concept, At even at the – per I don't care that he's new to the – he's not new to quarterback, right? Like, I don't care that he's new to the NFL. He's not new to being a quarterback. Dude, he played at BYU. He didn't play a fucking Alabama where they don't lose football games, right? Like – He's lost football games before. Yeah, and he probably could look at himself and be like, yo, not my bad. Like, I threw for 450 and five touchdowns, you know what I mean? But, like, this is a different beast, and this is what you signed up for. And to me, is that's the concerning point, is the simple fundamentals of my position and the business of my position I still don't grasp. And that's a maturity thing. That's It'll be pegged as a lack of maturity, and that's how they'll position it. But it's a mentality. And it's a mentality I don't think he's ever going to grow out of I just don't. He's never had to to this point in his life. And that's going to be a difficult thing for me. So, for me or for him, for me, it's, it's, I don't mean to make a big deal out of it like everybody else is making a big deal of it. It's, but that's why to me it is a big deal is the Jets have a real problem on their hand of like, dude, physically speaking, we might have chose the right guy, but the mental makeup of the person that we chose, you think, you, I don't you,
1: know. So, you think, you think, um, this is like a Baker Mayfield situation all over again, type stuff. But even though Baker had a little more su- had had uh, success from the get, I just right? think I just from I, I think standpoint. Baker has more of an attitude
0: about him and a and like a moxie. But I think Baker understands because I've heard Baker's press conferences before, and it's never they 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 or I I I. It's we 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 right like so like those sort of things. Like I didn't. I mean, when you're asked point blank. Dude, I don't like. I don't like to make this comparison at all. But the the most recent one that I can that I've actually watched is Trey Lance after a loss in over the last two years of over, over multiple losses as a starting quarterback when he's being interviewed. Never once heard the even the we. All I've ever heard from his mouth is, "I need to be better at this. I need to better at be better at this." And when I'm, to be it's pretty it. easy am back, That's what
1: I'm it's, saying. There's a, there's it's a, a simple
0: concept, and if it's, you don't grasp it, you're never going to grasp it. You're never gonna, it, if you didn't grasp this at 13, you're never going to get it. There's
1: so much precedent of what you can just say from all quarterbacks that came up and you know did this the right way. It just you don't have to believe it. Just say it, okay, and exactly. then and then. That's the problem.
0: Like, there's not even a faking it mentality to this. And to me, that's when I look at the person, I'm like, you just don't get it. You just don't get it. Right, wrong, or indifferent. Like, I'm not saying that Zach Wilson's wrong. I think in this instance he is. I think he directly contributed to that loss, right? But, like, the truth is, like, you just don't get it. Because what do we always say? Football is the ultimate team sport. And you had the pinnacle of opportunities to say my bad i let my guys down and that's the shit that people rally around dude right is accountability and dude this is a young roster on that team you saw it firsthand with wide receivers slamming their helmets and mother effing on the sideline and being and and all of that points back to the quarterback like you missed this read you didn't understand what was happening you didn't and you had an opportunity to be like yes my fault i will get better and you took the opportunity to say, yeah, not my bad.
1: Yeah. Listen, the attitude is, uh, less to be the, uh, less, uh, less than be the desire there, but I'm going to agree with you, but for a different reason, just more about his play. They had to make, this is eerily similar to, um, the jet. Once again, history repeating itself. The jets with Mark Sanchez had a loaded team, strong defense, right? Strong defense, good rushing attack. Sean green Ladanian right? Good offensive line. Uh, just didn't have the quarterback head, you know, Mark Sanchez uh, leading, leading the charge there. Yeah. They made a little noise, but they, they couldn't compete with the big dogs, you know, in the AFC. I'm talking about your Peyton Mannings uh, uh, on a consistent basis, your Tom Brady's and what have you. Uh, but this is all eerily, you know, familiar to it for me. It's this play. Uh, he plays backyard football on every designed quarterback pass, which you cannot be successful has no feel for pressure whatsoever, uh, which is disheartening because he has the arm. He doesn't need a, uh, um, a platform to throw off of. He can make any throw. And I also feel like um, in addition, I don't know what the hell he looks at. Half the times he throws his interceptions. Um, he's not going through his progressions accurate, uh, you know, uh, confidently. I just feel like he doesn't know what he's doing. And that's just me putting in layman's term. And, I think what compounds it is the attitude where it's like, hey, man, you know, we don't need much from you. We have a stout defense. We just need you pretty much not to fuck it up. And he hasn't been able to do that, and he hasn't been taking accountability. So I think his attitude just compounds it. Now, I will argue with you, if if you want to make it a a little later, why it should be Flacco as opposed to no, uh, white, but, uh, that's neither here nor there.
0: Right, wrong, whoever it is, right? Like it, 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 whether it's white or Flacco, I mean, at the end of the day, it really doesn't matter. I think the, the, the reason why this is what it boils down to is the right play is whether you chalk it up to bad play or bad attitude around the poor play and no accountability. We talked about it leading into this. They are in playoff contention. Yep you can't trot the same guy out there right now and expect your troops to rally around him. You know what your wide receiver and your skill position players are going to say, or even the defense, like we held new England Patriots to three points and still lost the game. They're going to say, really, you're putting this fucking guy out here again and I need to go win games. Why listen, totally different ball game. If you're not six and four and you're two and eight, if you're two and eight, you leave him out there. He's got to grow through, it. he's got to earn their respect. He's got to answer press conferences differently. But you're six and four. You're yeah, above Sa- five hundred, and you're in Salah has
1: yeah Salah has to uh, he has to cover his ass because and, if he doesn't get more wins and be more uh, and, and have a you know decent record by the year's end, if if they go like six and eleven or or seven and ten or you know or what have you. Then his seat starts getting a little more hotter because I felt like he started off the little shaky ground. Yet understandable because of how the roster was constructed. They needed a lot of work, but um, you need to show a little more. And I think Sal is like, screw it. It's not gonna be. It's not gonna be me leaving. It's gonna be Zach Wilson. So
0: and, and this will help them rally. Not necessarily around the quarterback, around the coach. Thank you, coach for making this decision for us. It feels like the right decision and belief is a funny thing, man. You know what I mean? We talk about it all the time. So Maybe, uh, Wilson,
1: maybe Wilson humbles himself and, you know, um, we'll see what happens. Maybe he humbles himself and when they do call upon him, let's say, you know, Mike White struggles and what have you, uh, maybe he does uh, humble himself and comes in and then shows a little more flash. I do find it very interesting, though. He's not even active for this game. No, I
0: I agree with it totally. I agree with it. The message needs to – if you want this individual to humble himself and you think about this beyond the 2022 season, like, that's the message, right? And the message is like, dude, I get what we drafted you. I get what we pay you. I get all of that. But if you don't fit this way, you don't play. Like, you don't get that opportunity. And that's the only thing – that will humble him, right? Like, it's not going to be like, "Hey, I'm going to plug him in, and he has a day where he throws for 400 yards and four touchdowns and no picks." Because he's just going to look around and be like, "Fucking told you I can do this." You know yeah. what I mean? It's just going to empower the ego. Yeah. It's not going to humble the ego. Yeah. Um, I, I, this is a hundred percent the right move. I take it to as far to say as like I wouldn't. He wouldn't even sniff one, my field the rest of the season.
1: The one thing I and Emmanuel. Uh, outro don't understand how can you bench someone who has a five and two record <laughs> all right anyways let's yeah, uh no, i feel you all right
0: let's digress we, we went really long on those two opening topics by the way um uh, let's get into our our hometown takes
1: yeah and i'm gonna be quick with mine weston I because do. i do feel like um you know we did talk a little chargers in the hot take which i feel like it was justified because that was one of the uh, the more glaring things that were on social media this past week or so. So uh, I'll try to be short and sweet, just like myself, to you know, in dressing the Kansas city chiefs versus the Los Angeles uh, chargers uh, this past Sunday night. So if you like, I shall take the baton from you.
0: Please do, sir.
1: All right. Yo chargers, social media and Twitter in particular were pretty upset about this game and they felt like they got their hearts ripped out. I'm shocked that they had such high expectations thinking that we were going to beat the Chiefs. I had really low expectations. I picked the Chiefs to win, and that's exactly what happened. I don't just do it to be a Debbie Downer, all right? I I just couldn't understand how the Chargers were going to beat an Andy uh, Andy uh, Reid-led team, all right? The Chiefs were just better. The Chargers didn't play bad. The Chiefs were just better. This Chiefs team is a top team in the AFC and a top offense. So uh we're acting like, you know, a lot of Charger fans are acting like, wow, you know, we, we lost to the Raiders or something like that. This was a respect, respectable, you know, uh, game and showing. Now, was it perfect from the Chargers? Obviously, obviously not because of the score, if you take a look at it. But the Chargers coaching staff just can't compete with Andy Reid. And I felt like this game was officially lost when Los Angeles decided to punt the ball on fourth and inches in the third quarter from their own, I think, like 38-yard line, as opposed to go for it. They were carving up uh, the Chiefs defense, in particularly in the middle. Um, Justin Herbert, I think, was two for two on quarterback sneaks. Why not make it three for three? I felt like that was, we don't want to lose it here move, as opposed to, hey, let's go get this win, right? And once again, there has to be an APB For Brandon Staley's balls, where have they been? Because this is not the same. This is not the same coach that coached last year. He was way more aggressive. Now you can say circumstances change. You know they have better special teams now. You might even try to say they have better defense, but they don't. Statistically speaking, they don't. They're still ranked 29th, right? So don't know why they're relying on their defense to get out. You know, uh, get get, get three and outs. You know, especially from um, a Mahomes-led team, but. All that being said, yeah, I thought LA played well. They lost by three to the best team in the AFC. Now, if LA played like this every week, Weston, right, they'd be a hell of a lot better than five and five. So I I found, you know, some it was encouraging to see their level of play did, you know, uh, was much improved from weeks prior, right? And I've been tossing and turning this whole season with Justin Herbert. Is he regressing? He's been a hard. Eval, uh, evaluation. If you ask me, this year, if he's regression is you know, everything around him, but he's still a very good, man. Um, I think he's better than what the numbers say. Even though I think he's ranked fifth in the NFL in passing yards, but just look at the ten plays when they had everyone on their field: Mike Williams, Keenan Allen, right? They look – Quick touchdown, quick touchdown, right? Uh, so that basically it was only 10 plays cause then Mike Williams got hurt. Right. <laughs> so, mm-hmm. but that right there it sh- it kind of uh, was like, you know what? Herbert's not regression regressing this year. He just has a lot of shit around him. Um, so it's good to see Herbert, you know, unload on some deep passes, play extremely better. looks more comfortable from the rib standpoint too. Uh, I, I really do think those ribs, uh, affected him pretty bad in the first like 3 weeks after the injur- in, uh, after the injury but when it came to the end come on man Mahomes a minute whatever left two timeouts too easy too easy it's inevitable it's inevitable it was like uh it, you know if I know you're not a big marvel guy but just exactly like Thanos he is inevitable he is going to get his No brains. idea who that is yeah, well, so some of our fans some of our fans do probably you know like a little marvel or what have you. Sorry we- to
0: disappoint them then because yeah. I have no idea who that is. Western
1: is way too cool. For- no, man. <laughs> I, I'd say I'm
0: just like maybe I'm just too much of a loot. Like, I just don't know who that that is, you
1: know. Yeah, but like this is what the greats do, bro. Like people who are expecting the Chargers defense to hold off Mahomes, I know they did it last year, okay, uh in Kansas City, but Obviously, I've forgotten to watching Tom Brady do this to the Chargers during big moment after big moment. This Mahomes is on Brady's level. This I was not excited. The only reason why I was excited when Justin Herbert scored that touchdown with a minute uh, thirty left is because I was like, at least they can't get on him for not coming back in this game. Yeah. And guess what? They still did. They still did. Yeah. So uh parting shots. I actually still think going in these. That's the whole the most important game of the season so far has been the Atlanta game. They stole that victory in Atlanta. It gave them the ability to go uh, to lose these next two games against the Niners and the chiefs. Right? So now they're five and five with seven games left to play. And I still think they have a chance to make the playoffs. They'll come down to the Miami or the Tennessee game. They have to win one of those. And just got to figure it. Two teams from the North AFC North. are going to make it probably Baltimore and Cincinnati, right? Two teams from the East, Miami, Buffalo, uh and then you got Tennessee you got Kansas City now who's that last that last slot for is it for the jets i don't know is it for the patriots i don't know is it for the chargers so they still have an opportunity we'll to, yeah it's a, it's to be determined so i don't think they they killed themselves with a loss against the chiefs this past week
0: no and 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 fair is fair right we both picked the chiefs to win i think where i would argue with you is I'd almost side on the the so uh, of the social media fans and their outrage, not because I had these lofty expectations that they would win the football game, but because they were in position to win the football game. Right? They're always That's in the, the
1: position, bro. But, They're always.
0: But they this couldn't, is. Couldn't
1: they couldn't beat the Chiefs in Kansas City week two.
0: But this is. Well, listen, if if they were healthy, this is my point. If a football game was only 30 minutes long, they might be eight and two versus five and five. It's the trouble fact. The troubling factor for me here is the like just absolute lack of production in the second half. I think they even put that statistic up on Sunday night and I stayed up for every second of this game, even after being at the Giants Lions game all day long. I know. But being there, and then coming home, and just watching them go, dude. I mean, that first half of that game, I thought just was like, all right, like we're it in this. Like, it, now, look,
1: it looked like the charges, like uh, like their offense from old, right?
0: Yes, it's what what you expect when you have certain people on the field, right, and a certain person under center, and then. Again, I, I don't think I'm making this up, but I don't remember if it's over the last four games or five games. But essentially at this point, let's just conservatively say over the last four games, they scored two touchdowns in the second half in four in four games.
1: Can't do that. Can't do games. that.
0: man. Can't do that. To, and expect in a way. I mean, they put up zero points against the 49ers the week before in the second half. Like can't win football games like that. And to me, that's coaching. Right. And 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 I know I'm not turning on any light bulbs for you that you haven't already called out yourself or uh, around the coaching. It's staff. a
1: combination between coach and personnel because they simply don't have the guys to, to sustain 60 minutes of football, a winning football yeah. on a consistent basis. They don't.
0: I mean, listen, I thought their D line played competitive and tough. I thought Sebastian Joseph day for a second week in Again. a row was all over the field doing Derwin. F- did F- Derwin.
1: F- I don't want to hear anyone bad mouth and Derwin. The only issue with Derwin this last game, he wasn't manned up on Kelsey enough. When Kel- Kelsey had four targets, two catches, eighteen yards and a touchdown, uh, eleven of those yards came in that le- in the game-winning touchdown uh, with Mahomes. All right, which yep. was a busted play because the 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 free safety Nas Adderley was supposed to uh, pl- was supposed to be shout to the left more and supposed to help Derwin out on the crosser. They knew it too, and that you know so Derwin played played amazing, awesome sack. Was always in the mix. Um, you're right, Sebastian Joseph. Day played well, uh, but you know you, you're going. The Chiefs are going to score. The, the Chiefs agree. are going to score, man.
0: I think what the salt in the open wound was is to the non-novice fan is we always talk about on the show how Derwin has Kelsey's number right and like shuts him down. And I'm not saying it was Derwin's fault, but to a novice fan like you or the non-novice fan. All you see is number three diving at 87's ankles and 87 pulling away and going through. And you're like, damn, that's the matchup we wanted. And and this is just the Chiefs being the Chiefs. And that's the stuff that creeps into your head. That's like, that's
1: coaching. That's man. our,
0: but that's like, that's our big brother, right? Like I've watched Russell Wilson do this to the San Francisco 49ers for 10 plus years, right? Yeah. The, the 49ers have controlled the game, put themselves in position to win the football game. in just that moment. That one moment. So it's always
1: always tireless. Uh, tireless See, I don't understand. K- Kelsey had a huge game. Kelsey's one of those But it players. wasn't
0: against Derwin. They put stats up during the game. Yeah, yeah. Of so what it
1: looked like. Kelsey had a huge game, and Kelsey's one of those players. If he's on your team, you love him. If he if he's not on your team, you hate him. Kind of like Rivers, right? Mm-hmm. Um first matchup, he didn't have a big game at all because they literally pre they just threw Derwin on the majority of the game. I don't know why they went away from that. They got way too cute. I will say though, Kansas City did some great things to basically uh, scheme up um, Kelsey on some cornerbacks. So it wasn't all on the scheme itself, but I thought there was more opportunities for Derwin to follow Kelsey around where they made him. I feel like they made him play in the back end way too much as strong safety. Uh, I I don't understand why, especially when they were banged up from a, a wide receiver standpoint, Kansas city. So that's neither here nor there. Listen, for one person, I'm always I'm an angry fan, right, Weston? Yeah, yes. I, I'm an angry, bitter person. I'm like, you know, I just got to tip your cap on this one. They're just I a better team,
0: but it's, it's you're harder. hoping to get
1: lucky. You're hoping to get lucky right now. If you're a Chargers fan, the way the injuries they had and everything, you're just hoping to get lucky, and they didn't get lucky. How do you get pissed about that?
0: You don't. But like again, when you're in the game, it's different. Like, I, listen, if they got blown out, you'd be like, oh, we don't even belong in the same conversation. So you're you're upset no matter which way this like really goes. But we talk about this, dude, and we talk about coaching in the NFL all the time. And I agree with you. I saw this firsthand in the Chiefs 49ers game. The scoreboard tells you the Chiefs blew the game out of the water. But they did all that damage with, like, sub 10 minutes in the fourth quarter. Right? But that's coaching, adapting. And I think what the Chargers need right now is somebody – I don't care if it's inside the organization, outside the organization. I don't care if they bring in a motivational speaker – somebody that needs a light of fire under their ass during a halftime to say, Hey guys, we still have 30 minutes of football. Like how do we go play the last 30 minutes? Like we played the first 30 minutes and we'll win a lot of football games. Weston,
1: let me ask you one question. Then we can then go to, we can go to San Francisco or Mexico, you know, uh, last question of all the 30 of all the other teams in the NFL, what team plays the chiefs the hardest? It's the, the Chargers team. do. Yeah. No dude, other they- no no other team competes with the Chiefs, I'm not saying in, in a winning fashion. Yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. But consistently if the way they If do. you
1: if you lined up all those other teams and they had to play the Chiefs twice and
0: am Sorry, different. man.
1: It they, they the Chargers they always is right there at the end and you can just tell even people like, you know, a lot of Chiefs um the guy Pete that was on our show, he goes it's the Chargers always Makes you know make uh, you know these games like unbearable to watch. Meaning like it's always gut wrenching because it's you always think you know it's going to go down to the wire. Yeah. Yeah, So well,
0: it's it's what you've always said on this is like hey they
1: they they lose
0: pretty and they win ugly. You know they're the
1: prettiest losers out there, man. All right, let's go let's go to let's go to Mexico, Mexico. Let's let's go. You boys like Mexico. (laughs) Let's go to Estadia Azteca
0: um where the 49ers played the cardinals uh like talk about just getting uh the cards dealt in your favor because this is technically on the schedule in a way game so it doesn't count against their home games but still had 80 percent of or 75 plus percent of the tickets sold to 49er fans versus cardinal fans um cool Different stadium, you don't you don't like that stadium so is like I mean, dude, it's literally on a mountain, right? Like it is a wild how high up it is in from an elevation standpoint. But just cool because you don't you get the London games every year. You don't get Mexico City every year. You get it a handful of times and the 49ers have played in I think <coughs> forgive me, I think they played last year, but I think it was Cardinals Raiders. Or the last one was Cardinals Raiders, um, whenever it was. Neither here nor there um i'll start with my bad so like listen the first few possessions were on the offensive side of the ball a little lackluster defensively kind of they were like moving the ball um arizona was able to move the ball and what was even more concerning is and not to be unexpected but concerning was very early it looked like a handful of the 49ers specifically like Charvarius ward and dre greenlaw even nick bosa just looked gassed like they were struggling with the altitude early in the game but when i would look at the cardinals players they didn't so then it's like all right is this going to be a game long problem who's got the better conditioning whose preparation regiment was better suited because the cardinals stayed at home and used like altitude masks right where the 49ers went to colorado to play in and practice in elevation and prepping so it becomes like those those mental head games. Um, s- s- being the skeptical fan that I am, I was suspect of the game plan early on, where it just, especially in the first half, just such a heavy reliance on the a passing pass. game versus the running the, game.
1: Oh, the second week in a row. So, obviously, Shanahan, his thought process – I don't mean to step on your toes here, but for the second week in a row – he wants to pass a lot in the first half, get out to an open lead, and just bludgeon you in the second half. That's what that's what it looks like he wants to accomplish for all these new toys that he has. Yeah, and
0: I don't even think he wants to bludgeon you. I don't think he has any false expectations of, like, I'm going to get out to a 14 or 17 or a 21-point lead. If it happens, it happens. But I also think, like, the book's out, right? The book's out. Like, this is Shanahan. Like, they run the football, and they run it, like, very unconventionally in many different fashions and – what you're trying to do, um, et cetera. But like, how do you pull people out of the box, right? To open up and do those sort of things. is like the past is coming. And you know how I feel every time I have to watch Jimmy G drop back to throw a pass. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know what's going to happen. I appreciate more.
1: Can I make an analogy with Jimmy G? Because i watched a lot of this game, only three quarters. Couldn't watch the fourth because it was out of hand by then. All right. So I was intoxicated and I had a come to Jesus moment about Jimmy G. All right. So I kind of like martial arts, right? You know, don't mind martial arts. So um, I compare Jimmy G's quarterback style to the drunken monkey. Now, if you know anything, if you know anything about if you know anything about martial arts, drunken monkey is pretty much a a style where like two things you want to have your opponent pretty much think that, hey, you know, I'm not in the right mind state to fight, all right? This is going to be bad. And also, it's another another aspect of it is, like, if you are at a bar intoxicated, you would be able to defend yourself because you practice these types of movements and balances and what have you, where it looks like, oh, my God, this person's so messed up, and then they kick the shit out of you. So Jimmy G, watching him play those three three quarters, really intently rewinding stuff. He has a lot of moments like, oh god, oh okay, like those type of moments where it's not going to look pretty, but he'll get it done. And it's more so this year, I think, than the years prior. And the reason being is because you guys are loaded at the talent position, right? The skill position, and I really making it work. I feel like there's a lot of there's as opposed to like who do we get to get? We talked about this before when they acquired Mac, uh, McCaffrey. How do you want to get the ball to all these playmakers? It seems like they have some sort of a strategy. And it's all making sense. So, uh, yeah, Jimmy G has looked pretty good and efficient, and that's all they need to be. Uh, no doubt.
0: And I'm going to talk about that in a second in the good. um, I do think that the run game early was, like, struggling a little bit because that's what Arizona was preparing for, as all teams do. I was a little perplexed by Elijah Mitchell literally getting four snaps in the first half where I thought this was a guy that wasn't just supposed to spell Christian McCaffrey was supposed to split time with Christian McCaffrey to preserve Christian McCaffrey, um, for when, when it matters the most. But honestly, aside from, from that, like how do you argue with a 28 point victory against a division rival who most people overlook that the Arizona Cardinals have had the 49ers number over years of, of late in terms of win loss record. So again, those are just the things that I'm like, Hmm, not really sure what's going on, but I'll sit and watch. And then everything came full circle. Yeah, so but never, you never,
1: you talked about, you never felt like nervous or there was no like anxiety. Or I like, did
0: in the first half. I did in the first half because like close games, bro. It's still a close game. And listen, I, I understand that the Cardinals limped in with Colt McCoy. Right. But I, I've seen this movie before just as early as last year where Colt yeah. McCoy put a spanking on the San Francisco 49ers, not just a win a beat down of the San Francisco 49ers. So it was, it was a little troubling, a little concerning. They put my concerns at ease early in the second half, getting out points, points on the board, the running game turned around. I think the play calling opened up a little bit more. Um, Obviously, and I hate saying this, like usually it's the run game opens up the pass game, right? But the pass game clearly opened up the run game in the second half, where they were able just to take over time of possession and move that tired defensive line around essentially at will. Um, yeah. I don't think it's watch, any sub-
1: to be fair. Watch the first half of the, of the Niners game this up. I want to know if they if they come out with the same type of uh, plan to throw it more in, in the first half. Uh, I'm intrigued to see because it's been two weeks now. And we'll see. Yeah. Um, quick side note is the offensive line
0: has, has been playing pretty well as of late. Yeah. And I know there was a lot of social media talks spearheaded by some certain individuals that we know last week about Trent Williams tipping plays and doing things of that nature. But, my God, he is just good.
1: Yeah,
0: like, he, oh, my God. Like, just the way he moves. And, dude, they showed multiple plays where he's laying out two people five yards apart from one another like on the same play and it's just like god you know like there are just very few of those those people in the nfl and and thankful we have one one of the things that i think you just called out lou that like everybody wants to highlight the weapons that they have right whether it's kittle and Ayuk and debo and, and and cmc and now elijah mitchell add into that mix like yeah, but there's still only one football to go around, and i you know, like I'm always leery of that. Is to when does the ego come in? When do these guys want more of the ball? Can you? I'll tell you. Get- you I'll, t- I'll tell you when the
1: ego comes in. When you lose a couple in a row,
0: it's true. It's true, man. But like, but even from like the quarterback and the play callers perspective, like, are you conscious of like, hey, I haven't gotten Debo work. I got to get him work. I got to get him work. Instead of just letting the game come to you. And just letting it go and let other playmakers, because you have so many of them, make plays. But this was the first example of actually spreading the ball out well Everyone amongst ate. those players. Everyone yeah. I mean, Kittle had two TDs and in, a, in a, you know, what, 80-plus yards receiving. Mm-hmm. Ayuk had two TDs. Debo had 94 total yards in the TD. CMC had 106 total yards. Um, Love you know, what
1: they're doing with uh, CMC and Debo in the back flanking the uh, – uh, the quarterbacks to the left and the uh, right. Love that with the motion uh they have, you know, you check, dude, they are dude, dude, there. It's going to be, it's going to be mind boggling.
0: Dude, they had one play and I've, I've been waiting for this and haven't seen it yet in this capacity, but essentially CMC was split out in the slot. Debo was in the backfield lined up in shotgun next to Garoppolo motioned McCaffrey back yep. in, so now Jimmy's got backs on both sides, and they both ran essentially Texas routes at different depths, and he went to McCaffrey. But you're sitting there looking at it like, well, D- Debo's wide open too, right? Like it didn't yeah. even matter at that point. Like I would argue that Debo was more open than McCaffrey, and he tried to fit in the window, even though deep Debo was the more shallow crosser um on the Texas route, and and McCaffrey was a little bit deeper, still equated to a first down. But I'm like looking at this, I'm like as a defense, like. Pick your poison. Yeah. Which one do you take away? Candidly, I'd probably rather try to tackle Christian McCaffrey after the catch than I want to do tackle Debo after the Mm -hmm. catch, right? So, but all good. I mean, defensively, dude, third straight week where they've allowed zero points in the second half. So, we're talking about teams of second halves, right, and how the Chargers have been struggling. 49ers defensively have stepped up. And offensively, over those last three games, they've actually outscored their opponents 52-0 to in the second half over three weeks. Um I, I am keeping in mind here, and and please don't read too far into this, the quality of the competition. So you have the Arizona Cardinals without Kyler Murray. You have the Rams who have just been god awful this season, um, even though they won the Super Bowl last year. And at the time, a severely banged up Los Angeles Chargers team, right? Like it wasn't it wasn't even the same team the Chargers fielded this past weekend against mm-hmm. the Kansas City Chiefs. So I look at that and I say, okay you have a 500 team and you have two teams that are below 500 that you did this to. I want to see what this looks like over the next stretch. I know new Orleans is sub 500, but I think they're a better team than their record says. I know. Then you got Miami. Then you got Tampa Bay. Okay.
1: Miami is the litmus test for your defense because you, um, you have to see and two is a winner. So, uh, you have to see, can they compete with that speed? What can they do to slow down? Uh, That's going to be interesting. Uh, And they've added a little power by, you know, with the acquisition of Jeff Wilson, uh, something I think they needed really to do because they were a finesse team. So that's going to be interesting that Miami, from many aspects, because Miami's defense also matches up pretty fairly well against you guys, too. So, yeah, Yeah,
0: I I definitely, that's going to be Miami
1: Miami blitzes a lot. And I think, you know, normally. I think that's how you're going to get to the uh, the 49ers App- apply, apply pressure to Jimmy J try to make these playmakers make decisions make them be reactive as opposed to uh you know uh premeditated type of stuff so it's yeah that's gonna be a really good game that needs to be i don't know if it is but that needs to be flexed to prime i time don't games. think
0: it is gonna be flexed because i already think i think mahomes is playing sunday night that week yeah but I they're know.
1: playing denver man because, doesn't matter yeah the nfl's got the be nfl's not flexing
0: out, they're not flexing out patrick Mahomes. they're not mm-hmm. man. that's that's the prize possession you know what i mean because he does everything right dude you know what I mean? It's like it's gonna be he's, such
1: a bad game, bro. I
0: know, but they're not gonna flex them out. Um, it's Russell Wilson versus Patrick Mahomes. You can sell the narrative all day long. How are you gonna like, sell? <laughs> I know, but they're not. They're not flexing that out. But you once, alluded what, to this. Once,
1: once filet mignon, the other's a McDonald's hamburger.
0: I know. I could go for a McDonald's hamburger right now, to be yeah. honest with you. Um, I think the the biggest component of this, and you alluded to it earlier, has been the play of Jimmy. Um we visit this subject every so often, and this is the the revolving hamster wheel that is the San Francisco 49ers while number 10 is the quarterback, but his third consecutive game without a turnover. He just has been sharper, more competent with the football and of and a lack thereof of those. What the f- moments with the ball, like you just haven't <laughs> seen those. I would go as far as to argue that this was one of the, if not the most complete game he's ever played as a San Francisco Forty, well, maybe
1: maybe he's been playing so much better with the acquisition of uh, CMC for the main fact that now, technically, if they line them both in the backfield, you got two dump offs for for Jimmy G. If he can't find Ayuk deep or, or or Kettle Kittle over the middle, he has two options, you know, just to dump it off and let them get seven yards. So yep. maybe this is how they make it easier for him.
0: I'm sure, I'm sure it gets simpler, right? Like it, and he's said it right. Like they make my job real easy, but the biggest pieces here is like no forced, right? Like even the, the, the first touchdown to Iuk, in game speed, you're like, whoa, you fit that into a window. Right. And whoa, that was nerve wracking because if that's off targets being picked and then you watch it like slow-mo and they're showing the replays and you're like, no, he was open.
1: Like he was open and he threw the ball. Yeah. Um, it's, it's, you know what's weird too? Watching Jimmy G play. The times he looks bad is when the times he has th- time to throw. Too much and time. As a traditional pocket passer. Yeah. Like he's not getting the ball out quick. Like if yeah. I'm, a, that's usually where it's trouble. If he's trying to push the ball deep, it just doesn't look good or look right. Like, like a, like a, you know, 15 yard in or something like that. It's just yeah. a traditional pocket passer. If he's not getting the ball out quick, man.
0: No, I think it doesn't doesn't look good. Yeah, no, he's best when the first read is right. Right. And that's on Kyle to draw up that first read and get open. But I think now when you talk about those like dump off options, you can simplify the offense by being like, all right, if number one's not open, you don't even have to get to number three read. Number two will be open. Right. Like just dump it off and let them and let them make work. And then this way you don't have to force the issue. Now, here's here's the last thing that I'll say. And this is the precursor into our overreaction. I'm freaking out. Segment is we've talked about how this league is like a knee jerk reaction league, right? And you immediately, immediately, based on that game, have teams be, or have the talking heads be like, "This is a Super Bowl contender. This is 100%. a this.
1: this is I'm, a Super I'm, Bowl contender team." I'm, I'm with you. Wes. I'm with them, Wes, and I I, uh, I will. I will. Tell let's you pump right the
0: brakes, dude. Let's fucking pump the brakes for a
1: hot second. Why? Because again, I'm keeping in mind who, the level who, of competition. Who, 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 in the, right, who in the NFC scares you? Go ahead. Let's let's go. No, I'm them. not saying anybody. You don't. You know, hey, who you know what, actually, me? No, you know what? Let's 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 pause. Let's pause. Uh, you know, my, my well, I'll wait to talk. All right.
0: All right. So, so I'll, I'll quickly answer your question. There's nobody in the NFC that actually scares me. Right. It's the 49ers scare me. All right. Well. Right. You like know what? I'm I not going to answer there,
1: this because this is. They are part of my answers to a future uh, segment.
0: So, All right. I just think they, 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 yes, on paper, the last three games, whatever it is you want to, you know, say is, yeah, they got the ability, right? Especially considering the the conference that they're in. Get it? Totally get it. But I've also seen them play the Kansas City Chiefs, who I would argue are probably the favorite to win the Super Bowl right now, and I saw what they did to us as well. So I pumped the brakes real fast to say we ain't there yet. Right? Like we're judging and we're making in a league of recency bias. All right. right. I
1: can't I can't talk. I can't talk right now. You're killing me here.
0: That's all I'm gonna say. Is like let's go to our next segment. I am not on that bandwagon yet. And this is how you know I'm not a homer, right? Because it's very easy to say they are. Now I understand given the conference, given their division, given Mm -hmm. some things like They have the ability to put themselves there. But if there's anything that can stop them from getting there, it's themselves. And I've seen them do that. Right. You know what I mean?
1: I want you to do me me a favor. Ask me what I'm freaking out right now about. Lou, Lou, what are you freaking out about? If I'm a 49ers (laughs) fan, I'm freaking out Weston in a positive way. (laughs) So now this is, uh, this is how we're transitioned to freaking out, by the way, is it's because everything you said, You're just trying to protect your heart, just like I was with Justin Herbert, right? But, yeah, the 49ers are the Super Bowl uh, team for the NFC, in my opinion. Let me tell you why, all right? That defense. Defense is phenomenal. But now they're starting to formulate an offense, a complex offense. Teams are going to have difficult times stopping, especially in the playoffs, because they have a running game. they got two rushers now. Take the pressure off for one. Got a bit of for injuries, but they have from the skill standpoint. No one scares me in the NFC. If I'm the Niners fan, right? Who scares you? Is it the Is it the Cowboys? Great team, but they always cowboy up, and they have awful coaching. No. All right. So guess what? The Packers aren't going to be there for you. You're, you, you know, not that you guys don't play them well, but no, it's there always are, a scary they're our playoff a, beater. Yeah, yeah, but I understand. But it's still a scary thought going against Aaron Rodgers. They ain't there. So no. guess who's replacing the Packers in the North? Really, you're going to be scared of Kirk Cousins? Really? All right. No. So, so let's go all the way to the South. Tom Brady. They don't have it. We've you've numerous times said on this show that the Tampa Bay Buccaneers there's just a different look at them, and I've said it's their coaching. So, fair to say, Tampa Bay don't have it. Yeah, is it your rivals in your own division? Well, guess what? Matthew Stafford is not playing again. Cooper Cup out six weeks. Boom, Rams are at they're sitting at three seven. You got you, just, you just pretty almost put the nail in the coffin. The Cardinals, who's been kind of like your you know, your the, you know, a thorn in your side. Now you have to worry. Are you really you nervous about Geno Smith. You're really nervous about Geno Smith, and you guys really match up well against them because what do the what do the Seahawks do? They rush oh. the ball. What do you guys do? You stop, stop the, the rush. Yeah. So I don't know what the hell. You, yes, hundred percent. Oh, okay. Oh, forgetting about the Eagles and the Eagles. I'm, I am relying more on experience right now than. Uh, the Philadelphia Eagles, the Eagles have no experience when it comes to, you know, uh playoffs, not this, not this roster. Jalen Hurts is still young. I'm relying on experience. uh What, what you guys have a one up and that's huge. That is huge. You hear all the talk. You hear all these players saying it's just another game. It ain't another game. There's more at stake. There's more on the line. So if I'm the 49ers fans, hell yeah, man. I'm like, this is it. We're going back to the Super Bowl because there's absolutely no one in the NFC that scares me anymore. So,
0: yeah. So, I'll say this the the back half of the schedule is going to be telling. Four out of their next five games are against teams winning records. Their previous, let's go to one, two, three, four, five, six, seven games were against teams with losing records. So, again, I think the 49ers. Are their biggest? they are their biggest obstacle. What I'm saying is, like, let's stop with the knee-jerk reactions of coming off a 28-point victory against a wounded team in Mexico City that, like, we should beat. I'm not saying you should beat any team in the NFL by 28 points. You shouldn't. That's why you don't see 28-point spreads in the NFL like you do in college, right? Like, that should never be the case, and that's uh, that's positive. I'm just – I'm pumping the brakes on those expectations because I've I've seen this movie before and, and yet I know and yet you can't can tell me just who's as scar- quickly get our
1: own way and yet you can't tell me who scares you all
0: right no I can the 49ers scare me uh, they scare me all right the back right. scares me
1: all right all right what are you freaking out about Weston?
0: the aforementioned Arizona Cardinals <laughs> <clears throat> and in, and obviously not a positive way and it's not the loss of the 49ers. It's the subject matter at hand throughout the entire game for the Arizona Cardinals. And it's the status of Kyler Murray on this team. Oh, by the way, a player you just committed to an exorbitant amount of money and the talk the entire time is lack of accountability, lack of leadership. The list goes on. Like to me, That's very concerning when you're having those conversations for someone who's expected to lead the way for years to come. And that's going to be beyond the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, right? Like I fully intend or I fully expect that Cliff – I wish they would sign Cliff Kingsbury to like a 42-year extension at this point in time, but they won't. But he will be gone, right? In in my opinion, he probably will be gone, and Kyler Murray's still going to be attached to this. But where where I'm going – Lou, what do I always tell you? I'm an eye guy. I'm a tape guy. And when I watched that game, there was something very telling to me during the game. And maybe most people didn't even pick up on it, but anytime they would shoot to the sideline and show Kyler Murray, I never saw him interacting with anyone, which just feels odd. Like, This feels like the movie Draft Day when they were talking about the quarterback, Bo Callahan, that was supposed to get first. And they're like, who went to your birthday party? And the truth was not a single teammate went to his birthday party. Like, I subscribe to that stuff from this position. Like, when I I see (laughs) injured players on the sideline during a game, I always see them with their fellow position players, with the position coach chatting it up, coaching it up especially when they're starters, I saw absolutely nothing with that. Nothing with that. And to me, that's, that's really telling that like, I don't, I don't know if he wants to engage with these guys or if they want to engage with him and I don't care which is right. And and which is wrong. It's a problem no matter how you cut it. And I think that speaks to the leadership capability Dude, they went as like and we all know the stories, right? Like, hey, they, they worked into his contract that he's got to do studying and got to do these things. And you hear the notes of the, the about like, oh, this video game came out. He's probably doing that and doing that. Like, there's some truth in that jest, right? Like, dude, you saw it during the preseason. They made him call plays. They literally made him call plays. This is this is a big issue. You don't want to know what the bigger issue is? And, Lou, I will not let you twist my words in any capacity around this for any posting content because I know you (laughs) will, so you better include this portion of it in the whatever it is you post. But, candidly, the offense runs smoothly and according to plan with Colt McCoy under center more so than it does Kyler Murray.
1: All right, so, Weston, you heard it here first. Colt McCoy is a better quarterback than Kyler
0: Murray. That's what I'm talking about. Not saying that. Kyler Murray, we talked about Zach Wilson playing backyard ball. Kyler Murray is phenomenal at backyard football. Very good at it. I think. But I I I sometimes think we get we knock Cliff Kingsbury, right? In some capacity. But there I think there's something to be said about players who deviate from the plan and don't trust the playbook and let it come to fruition. I know players play and coaches coach but experience tells me that coaches you tend to know more about the game than the players do just going out on a limb here and saying that like, this is a bigger problem. And I think it comes down to like, I don't, I don't, I honestly don't think Kyler's teammates believe in him and you can't just up and get rid of 53 players on a roster, right? Like there's going to be continuity of those folks and this, and this goes back to the, the Zach Wilson saga. So I digress. I just think there's a, a problem looming here, and it, and it very much has to do with the most important position on the field for the Arizona Cardinals.
1: All right. All right.
0: What do you got? Any more you're freaking out about?
1: I got one more what about the Bengals. We were – you know, after they went to Super Bowl and lost last year, everyone was quick to say the Bengals are the type of team that would miss the playoffs because of just because they just got hot at the right time. And they started off this year 0-2. I feel like no one's talking about them. They're six and four. You know, and mm-hmm. they're starting and they're getting Jamar Chase back. Um, I think uh I think people are you know sleeping on the Bengals here. You know, they have a little experience, they got the talent. You know, if I'm a Bengals fan, you weather the storm the beginning of the year and you and you're making a push for the playoffs. Now they do have a hard schedule coming up. But that being said, <clears throat> Look, all the other teams are competing for a playoff spot. The Jets, the Patriots, and the Chargers. All their, all those uh, schedules are pretty difficult, too. They have a real shot to get, get back to the playoffs. Not bad for a team that uh, hasn't been to the playoffs in quite some time. Going back-to-back back
0: years. Wow, dude, I'm looking at the schedule that they have coming up.
1: Yeah, r- rattle off. Rattle off. Mm, this listeners. is a gauntlet.
0: This is a gauntlet at Tennessee this week. Home against the Chiefs, that's rough. Home against the Browns, Man. at Tampa Bay. Oh,
1: that might be Browns with Watson though.
0: Yep. So then after that, at Tampa Bay, at New England, home against the Bills, home against the Ravens. Ooh. So you got one, <laughs> two, three, four, five. Where's the easy six game of that's your um well it depends on who i I would i still say the browns even if watson's under because it's just not enough time yeah um so you have one two three four five six six of your remaining seven games are against teams above 500 that are competing for playoff spots
1: and they're and yeah no one really outside the chiefs no one's really locked up anything of the uh, of those divisions but they're playing the chiefs not too late in the season where the Chiefs are gonna rest their start, you know, the starters. Yeah, yeah. You know, they yeah, want yeah. they want that one seed, you know?
0: Yeah, dude. That's 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 gonna ball, be brutal.
1: Man. But I agree but, with
0: you. You weathered the storm totally, totally, and I'm guilty of this saying that like I mean, listen, I picked Baltimore to win the division. I think you
1: I still you, think they did too.
0: Yeah. Um, but you I don't think people are wrong to say that, like, hey, there's a lot of things on paper tell me that Cincinnati would be the quintessential Super Bowl hangover team like they did get hot at the right time they were you know a a, a young football team and prior to that season Zach Taylor's record as a head coach was abysmal right and then they went on this unthinkable run that almost was like you guys should win the Super Bowl right because you went on a run that was like unprecedented in who they went through to even get there right like in the games the, I mean, down 21 points to the Kansas City Chiefs on the road and you figure out a way to win that game, like, that's wild, dude. Um, wow, that's a that's a tough schedule. Um, so I'd be freaking out both ways. I'd be freaking out positive, <laughs> like, like, hey, look where we are, but goddamn, look where we still have to go yep. to get there because things could go bad in a hurry. But I think they're equipped. I mean, offensively speaking, they're a good football team, getting their playmaker, their number one playmaker back defensively they're sound so wow i'm just i'm floored by that schedule i, I would be like wow if they if they weather that they could go back to the super bowl if they weather yeah. that all right. All, right. I, all right you have any more, or more. A, yeah think? i do it's slow hanging fruit i'm taking the new york jets and i'm not taking it because of the zach wilson thing i think that's more of a problem that is next year and the years beyond that than it is this year and it's not necessarily the immediate recent loss to the Patriots. I mean, this team just beat the Bills, right? Like, it's the manner in which they lost to the Patriots that is concerning to me. Essentially, a punt return for a walk-off touchdown. When was the last time you saw that happen? A punt return? A kickoff return,
1: but not punt return. To
0: walk off the game. Yeah. I can tell you when it happened. It happened, Deshaun Watson from the Philadelphia Eagles against the New York Football Giants in Giants Stadium, a game oh, in which I said, was physically. Oh, you just said
1: Deshaun Deshaun Watson? Oh, excuse me, Deshaun Jackson. Deshaun Jackson. Ah, okay. As a okay. Philadelphia
0: Eagle, that's how long ago it happened. You want to know why? You don't really know, because it's not supposed to happen, Lou. You you don't see this because you were taught. And again, this is one of those things when I'm talking about the Zach Wilson saga that you you learn in wee football. Don't let them field the punt. You kick it out of bounds. You do whatever. You make them have to go down the field. You don't leave it to chance. You don't leave it to special teams. So the concern for me is with a mistake like that, it just tells me that this team is not there yet. And when you couple it with the Zach Wilson stuff, I honestly think this is where we just see the jets come back to to reality for the remainder of the season. That's the straw that broke the camel's back is that game against the new England Patriots who they've now lost to. What was it? 14, 13 Mm -hmm. or 14 straight times. You score three points. You only give up three points, but you find a way to lose. And here's why I've said it three times since we've been on this show. I say it probably three times on every show that belief in the nfl is a very powerful thing but when these types of things happen the zach wilson saga losing a game that way it takes and it sucks the air right out of that belief and it just brings you back to like you know we are who they thought they are right like that, that and that's going to be the challenge for Robert Sala. And that's the reason behind the benching, right? Is like, no, we are not who we thought, who people think we are. Mm-hmm. We're going to turn this thing around. And that's why you have to do stuff like that. So it's, and honestly, this is just my own suspicion, but I guarantee if we let three Jet fans on right now that are, you know, avid fans and understand what they're talking about and they're paying attention, I bet they feel the exact same way that that could have been the moment that the slide begins. Yeah. Good news for your Chargers.
1: I had uh Jets on there too, and uh basically I said see the Sanchez years, but um maybe not as good.
0: No, because the defense is not as good. That defense was suffocating (laughs) in the Rex Ryan years. um, when they were when they were playing in AFC championships. I know, I know, I know. know. (laughs) All right, Lou, it's turkey get Turkey Day tomorrow. Three games on the docket. Got another whatever on. Uh, nobody gets a bye week on Thanksgiving week, by the way. So you have 16 games this week. What do you keep an eye an eye out for? What are you watching?
1: Well, we, I talked about it before, but I think the biggest game on this docket is the Bengals at the Titans. This game is huge for playoff implications. The Bengals, like I said, the Bengals, Jets, Pass and chargers are four teams fighting for two playoff spots. Uh, if the Bengals lose here, it's going to put them behind the eight ball because we you just went over what their schedule was, right? Yep. So, uh, they need to. This is probably um, a game they really need. This is a, in the words of Weston Smith, this is a must win game for them, right? Uh, because it does not get easier from here on out. And this is probably the best way for them to get a W, uh, compared to all those other teams we just, you know, you talked about before. So, that game, um, I'm really intrigued by, by that matchup. Yeah, I have that on my list, so I,
0: I won't I won't belabor a point, but what you just said about my must-win games. So I was having this conversation with a colleague the other day who's an avid sports fan, and we were talking about why like NFL atmosphere is so different than like going to just a regular season NBA game or a regular season MLB game and things of that nature. And the reality is, is that they're just far and few between so if you really think about it every football game feels like a playoff game because they're limited and when you say it and you position it that way lou that's why every game is a must-win football game right Mm -hmm. because it could be never very rarely in the major leagues are you like or in major league baseball or in the nba you're like that one game broke the season Right. But in the NFL, you could be like, that one game broke the <laughs> season. Right. That one game, like the 49ers could look back on this and be like, how do we lose to the Chicago Bears in week one? How do we lose to the Denver Broncos in week three? Like, yeah. you win those games, you're eight and two, and you're not even, bro, you're, you're bidding for first round by, right? Versus like struggling through the, you play. know,
1: how I hear, you know, how I love that word if. <laughs>
0: if, if, yes, I do. I do. Yeah. But, I yeah.
1: yeah um, my, well, my poor aunt. <laughs> yeah. Or okay, my uncle. Kid. Yeah, I
0: (laughs) both of them get slandered ridiculously on this show. (laughs) The truth is, I think this week is fraudulent, right? Like, it's another one of those, like, hey, not a ton of like, I'm looking forward to. Do you have, I I do, I do, I do. Um, and I'm this is my prelude into it, Uh, but like a little foreplay,
1: like, yeah, you know
0: know what I mean, like just stimulating some area for you. But like the Packers versus the Eagles under normal circumstances, I'd be all in on that game,
1: right? Yeah, that would be a good game.
0: Rams versus the Chiefs under normal circumstances, I'd be all in on that game. Um, so for me, the game, besides the one that you mentioned, the only other game that I'm all in on is the Giants versus the Cowboys. So this is during the heart of the holiday games, right? That 4.30 primetime spot, division rivals. And you know what? Which Cowboys team do we get? The team that lost to the Packers or the team that just embarrassed the Vikings this past I feel
1: I, I feel like we're going to get this question Every. every week, you can say this question every week. You can legitimately say, What Cowboys team is this? And you're not going to know until the end of the season. <laughs> and you're, yeah, you're not going to know until the playoff game. So talk about playoff doctor, you want to you talk about Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde?
0: Yeah, Oof,
1: that's your yep. Cowboys, man.
0: And sorry, Cowboy fans, but OBJ is not making the difference that you want him to make if, if he goes there.
1: I don't know, man. No. I, I, I think
0: I w- not- if they had better coaching, I would say they'd find a way to make that happen.
1: I don't know. I really feel like Odell would bring something. That's something they don't have that yards at to catch type of guy. Um, I don't know.
0: But at this point, in the season, they will be what, better. What within... is the impact playoffs? Yeah. He's three games away. Even if he played this week, he's three games away from being in game shape. Right. Like, and, and what does he got? He's coming off an ACL dude. Like, you know how this, how these things take a little bit of time to get confidence and get some things around. I don't think he's the answer for anybody that he goes to. Right. Like, I just think it's a, uh, like he he's he's better served as the threat and the decoy, right? That you you do have to account for because you can't leave him open. He's clearly competent, but I would say the same thing for the Giants. Do you get the seven and two Giants prior to the week, or do you get the team that just got Molly Watt by the Detroit Lions at home? Right, like which which team do you get? And that's that's what I'm I'm most interested in. But this is like this has huge playoff implications as well. This has huge divisional implications as well but that outside of the one that you mentioned and to not belabor a point that's the other game that i got my eye on all right you got another or was that the, i could style?
1: throw out the, i'm interested in, believe it or not i don't know why but the one of the matchups i'm interested in is actually tomorrow night's matchup of the patriots versus the vikings because i think the patriots I, I, it's gonna be interesting because you know what i'm just gonna what was imitation is the best form of flattery, right? I'm just going. To, which Vikings team are we going to get? <laughs> yeah. So yeah. Uh, you can easily say that the you know the you know uh, for, you know mm-hmm. are they going are they going to be the one that got turned off TV from last week, or are they going to be the ones that are eight and two? You know which Patriots team are we going to get? Yeah. So I think there's so much yeah, so much of a wide array of uh, outcomes yeah. with that game. It's Kirk Cousins in primetime,
0: so your guess is as good as mine. Um as to which one we're gonna get opportune time to make the transition here, Lou. And All let's right. go. I feel,
1: like, I feel like I did good last week.
0: Uh you did fantastic last week. You I don't were, I
1: never remember.
0: You were 11 and 3. Ooh. Yeah. We had four games different from one another. No, three. I thought we had four. One, two, three, four, five, six. 11. So we had the Titans and Packers game different. That was I know I,
1: I know. started off awful in that in that from the week one yeah. that week We two. had the Giants
0: lines different.
1: We had a couple more man. Red, no, uh, we oh, did. Um, oh, sorry, just... don't cancel me. Commanders and Texans. Yes, we had different. There was another one, man. Cowboys, Vikings. Yes, that's four games it's different.
0: Yeah. So, let me make sure: one, two, three, four, five,
1: six, Weston, seven, eight, nine. Weston, you can eight, tell not do common core math growing up. No, you had
0: eleven, <laughs> but here's where here's where I'm confused because we had four games different. You got three of the four right. Yeah. But that doesn't add. Up. So if I got one right, that means you would have picked up three games. But mathematically, I only have you picking up two games.
1: Then you got to do some better math there, my friend. No,
0: because. All right. Titans, Bills, Eagles, both had Pats, both had Saints. You had G-Men. I had Ravens. No, I had Lions. That's what I'm saying. I had G-Men, you yeah. had Lions, We okay. both had Ravens, you had Washington, we both had the Broncos, you had Cowboys. But if I add this up, because there was 14 games last weekend. So I have me at nine and five, you at eleven and three. So one How's that
1: possible? That's what
0: I'm saying. One, two, three, four, five. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. Nine, one,
1: two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven. At this point, Watson, doesn't matter. I'm, I'm, i in.
0: But this is this is this is why I get mad because I math is my thing, and dude, I literally clearly like, clearly. But <laughs> but like, all right, Titans Packers, right? Like, okay, I want you to no, we're. Be- before we're making picks, we're doing this because I won't be able to sleep if we don't do this. I promise you. Um, so let's start. I, I want so Titans, Packers. I have Titans, you not... have Packers. Yes. Chicago, Atlanta. We both had Bears. Both wrong. So I'm I'm plus one right now, right? <laughs> Cleveland, Buffalo. We both had the Bills. Still plus one. Eagles, Colts, we both had Eagles, I'm still plus one. Jets, Pats, we both had Pats, I'm still plus one. Saints, Rams, we both had Saints, I'm still plus one. Oh, that's why. So then Detroit, New York, you had Detroit, I had New York, so we're even. Yes. And then those other two games are the plus two.
1: Yes. Got it. Woo! I was like, my math is not wrong. All right, so let's. Uh, what's the. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, you, the, so
0: you were 11 and 3. I was 9 and 5. Overall for the season, I'm 94 and 70. You're 101 and 63. So
1: you're now plus seven on the season. Wow, this is not. This is. I thought I did good yeah. last year, but wow. What, do you have my, what my record was last year, Weston. Uh,
0: I could go find it. Okay. Uh, I don't have it handy right now.
1: You know, tomorrow. You're not doing anything tomorrow, right? Just. Yeah, no. Now. No. I'm just <laughs> right, let's do it.
0: Turkey and shit. All right, so let's get into week twelve. Let me bring this up. Week twelve. Three matchups tomorrow. And we I think begin-
1: we go we, we go every other. Okay.
0: Um Buffalo at Detroit. You wanna start? Bills. I'll go Bills. Oh, come on, bro. You <laughs> <We> gotta <laughs> go. All right. Giants at Cowboys. How about them cowboys? Yeah, I'm cowboys too on this. Um, Patriots at Vikings. I'm the Patriots.
1: Really? Because I really want to go Patriots. So I just make an interesting go Vikings? No, I, bro. I think we you're should picking gamble. to win.
0: You're picking to win. So I mean, you, you got, got a seven game lead. You could do. Uh, I ain't making it back up all this week.
1: No, come on. There's certain things. All right. There are certain things in life that are certainties, right? And one of them is Kirk Cousins did not win at night. I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Weston. I got to go Patriots. I can't even mess around. I'll mess around with a couple other games. All right. I don't want you to. I want you to pick the way that you want to
0: pick. I only get the opportunity to I'm, pick first. All right. The Tampa Bay Buccaneers at the Cleveland Browns. The Bucks. I am the Bucks as well. The Cincinnati Bengals at the Tennessee Titans.
1: All right, let me let me
0: uh... Wait, I get to go first on this one.
1: Okay, go ahead.
0: I'm gonna take the Cincinnati
1: Bengals. Okay. I'm glad you did that. The last four weeks, I think last four weeks, bare minimum two or three, I have picked against the Tennessee Titans. Not I, I have I've said ill things about them. And somehow they just win. It's because of coaching. I am going – I am finally going to pick the Titans to win a game.
0: Perfect. So, the Bengals are definitely going to win. <laughs> <laughs> definitely going to win. I just – so, what's the one team in that allotment, right, if I, I
1: go back? So, Titan. You know what? The Titans have been my bugaboo, man. Like, I cannot – every time I pick them to lose, they win.
0: Chiefs. The Titans played the Chiefs. So the high powered offense, you want to go in and try to run the ball against Tennessee and you can't stop the run. You're going to struggle. You're going to struggle. you got to find a different way. And I, I I don't know. I just think the Cincinnati Bengals have the offense equipped to give this defense fits.
1: By the and way, I don't know. Mixon. I don't know if he's playing.
0: That's all right. That's all right. Um, I'm I'm still I'm still saying the Cincinnati Bengals, and we don't pick by spread here, so they just got to win by one point. And I'm right, and you're wrong. All right, I fully expect us to be different on this game. The Houston Texans at the Miami Dolphins.
1: <laughs> <laughs> Fin's up, Miami. Yeah. Yeah, Tua Two against two. Tua. I don't know how he does, but he gets another win.
0: I just, I don't know how he ekes this one out. The Chicago Bears at the New York Jets. I'm mm. taking the New York Jets.
1: Yeah, I am too. This yeah. is so apropos. Here yeah. it is. What other way would it be than the Jets to bench their star, if people can't see me, I'm using quotation mark rookie first-round quarterback, and there was Mike White, like a seventh-rounder or something, yeah. and he comes in and wins a game. Dude, my I see the I see the storylines already. You know, like yeah,
0: already. Yeah. I just also think I I kind of wish to align to my earlier narrative about how the skid starts here for the Jets if they had a different opponent. But you have a banged up. Justin Fields coming in, right? With a, what does he and what
1: does he and what does he do? He runs. That's his game, right? Yeah. He ain't gonna be running with that messed up shoulder, man. No, no. You take one more hit, it's the season for you. You know. You know he. And you know he can't win from the pocket. So no.
0: Nope. The Atlanta Falcons at the Washington.
1: Uh,
0: they are still and forever will be known to me as the Washington football team. The Not Washington me. Commanders on you.
1: Give me Heineke. Uh, what's so, Here's something. I feel like I'm taking Washington, and what's not too. really you are to it. What's not being really talked about is this defense from Washington, and they've been right. They've been playing fast. They've been playing all cylinders. I don't know why no one's bringing it up, and I think they're getting Chase Young back.
0: They are getting uh, Chase
1: Young back. Yeah. So give me Washington.
0: Yeah. I, I listen, Kyle Pitts. I,
1: not that if and he's playing, I mean, it's
0: it's 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 a difference maker for me. But it's it's just it someone You have to yeah, count. You know for what I mean? T- Tilts the skill uh, the scales further in Washington's favor. All right, you got the Denver Broncos at the Carolina Panthers. Can I say tie? Well, I go first on this. <laughs> oh, <one>. Okay, <laughs> I'm going to take the Carolina Panthers, and I'm taking them because Denver's sliding one o'clock slot on the east coast um i don't know man i just I, pardon part me needs to roll the dice anyway i don't expect you to go i know i know denver's defense is going to probably outmatch carolina's offense but i feel like if there's a game in limbo it could be this one and i'm gonna take the panthers i
1: kind of wanted to take the panthers too <laughs> I, th- let me tell you why though for all the reasons why you said but uh, no Melvin Gordon, not that it meant anything, but no Edmonds as well. So they really have no one to really rely on the rushing attack. And what is Russell Wilson most prime is when you have a solid rushing attack for the play action passes, right? They're not going have, to have Latavius Murray, Murray back there, and that's it. And you're talking about Denver's defense. What about Carolina's defense? Carolina's defense – Uh, I think matches up really well against uh, the Denver Broncos offense for the mere fact that Denver Broncos offense is putrid. So uh, I'm going Carolina here for all the reasons you said, and also it's the one o'clock game. All right. I'm sorry, man. No, 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 no. You're fine. Um, Baltimore at Jacksonville, Baltimore.
0: Yeah. I just can't pick against the Ravens in this game. Um, I'm so let me confirm that I'm Baltimore as well. Chargers at the Arizona Cardinals. I think oh, this would be first. Um, Chargers. I just think I, I saw what I needed to see that the offense is getting a little bit back on track. Um, they got important people back. Josh Palmer. Go um, Keenan Allen. Uh, I don't know what Mike Williams' status is. I don't know if he retweaked that very same ankle, and that's another two or three weeks like it should have been in the first place versus rushing back. Uh, I just I saw what I needed to see from Arizona this past week, and it ain't it.
1: Yeah, but Kyler Murray's coming back. I, um, I am going Chargers, that interior of the offensive line. Uh, I just feel like the Chargers' weakness on defense is also the, the Cardinals' weakness on offense. on offense. Yeah. So, like – I'm like, okay, they're, they're not – I think, you know, they'll match up well from a passing standpoint. The only thing that really causes me concern as a Chargers fan is that mobile quarterback, Kyler Murray. But will he be running around so much with that, with that hammy? I mean, you hope that's going to be his last resort to scramble for first downs or what have you um, because you don't want to re-aggravate. You hope he – you know, you want to keep him in the pocket. And the Chargers ha- have faced mobile quarterbacks and they do a decent job usually. Yeah.
0: Um, Raiders at Seahawks
1: This is you first I'll go Raiders There's no uh, rhyme Oh really? Yeah I'm going Raiders too dude um, there No is a rhyme r- and reason You know I just feel like Seattle can come off weird after this bye Raiders got a win under their belt um, Do they figure things out? I don't know But I I
0: think the Raiders are playing with house money at this point. And I think the Seahawks are no longer playing with house money, right? Because they're no longer sitting with a a game or two cushion first in the division. Like now the chips are here. Now we got a ball, not saying that they're capable. I just think the Raiders are a dangerous team because they're playing for, they're literally playing with nothing to lose. Right. Um, And that makes them dangerous. So you got the Rams at the Chiefs. We know what this one's going. Yeah. All right. The Saints at the 49ers. I go first, and I actually will pick the 49ers in this game. I concur. All right. Um, Sunday night, you got the Packers at the Eagles. You pick first.
1: E-A-G-L-E-S. But I do think it's going to be close. Yeah, just...
0: (coughs) I'm almost tempted to pick the Packers, but I'm not foolish.
1: the Eagles Um, haven't looked good the last two weeks.
0: Haven't looked good. And someone like Aaron Rodgers, again, feels dangerous with the back against the wall, right? Like, if Green Bay even wants to sniff competency in the NFC... Have to win this football game. Have yeah. to, have to, have you to. Thought to win you this thought they would have?
1: Yeah, but I said that last week when they, no. that's why I picked them to beat the Titans. They were at home on the Thursday night game, shorthanded. Uh, a short week for the Titans to travel to. The Titans were banged up uh, from the back end of that defense. They materialized. Yeah, I'm, I, I mean, I'm taking these two.
0: And then Monday night you got the Steelers at the Colts. Ooh. Um, <coughs> I, I, is that, is that, I picked this game. Um.
1: I'm gonna take the Colts. I'm gonna take the Colts. T- Steelers at the Colts. Steelers at the Colts. I would like a lot better with the Steelers. Um Screw, it, I'll take the Steelers. Why not? Alright, so those are our two games different. Steelers game,
0: Bengals Titans game.
1: I think either of those games are, are not shooing. Like, I don't know. Like, there were some games that you picked last week. I'm like, really? The, the Texans? And then uh, got the other game. But, like, but yeah, those are two games that you can easily win and just, you know, get with a handful. Agreed. We'll see how it goes. All right.
0: Lou, home stretch here. <clears throat> Getting late, and we got Thanksgiving to worry about. You got any fantasy do's and don'ts for me this week?
1: Okay, uh only dues from Lou. Uh I got I got two names uh for me. Uh Joshua Palmer. And I know I've never said his name too many times, even when Keenan Allen was hurt, right? I've never really brought up his name. Uh but the reason why I'm saying Joshua Palmer now, I'm not points chasing. I get I know what he did against Kansas City, right? But you see what happens when Keenan Allen gets on the field and how he opens it up for everyone else on this team. Palmer does a better job replacing Mike Williams than he does Keenan Allen, right? When, when Mike Williams was healthy, you had Palmer trying to play the Keenan Allen position. Uh-uh. Palmer plays the X position better than the Z. Uh, translation: um, I think he has another big game because it's more of a natural position. And. As long as Keenan Allen plays, he he did participate in practice, a full practice. I think Palmer has another decent game. I'm talking about, like, you know, 70 yards in a tutty.
0: Yeah, I listen. And, again, for football fans, true translation, X versus Z. X usually plays to the side away from the tight end. Z usually accompanies the tight end. So, off the ball versus on the ball, it is a totally different approach. It's totally different philosophy. I agree with you wholeheartedly that Joshua Palmer is – is better slated for the Mike Williams role than he is the Keenan Allen role Um, for me. And we talked about those gentlemen a little earlier, but Latavius Murray. So no more Melvin Gordon, Mm -hmm. Uh, chase Edmonds out. The passing game is in disarray in Denver. I expect this to be a competitive game. And for me, this isn't point chasing by definition, but it's, it's volume chase, right? Like one game in town, got to run the ball. 20 carries give me that guy all day long. And the truth was is he was stealing carries from Melvin Gordon before this even happened. And now there's no, I mean, listen, they'll, they'll have a second and third running back on the roster that will take carries away from Latavius Murray, but he's going to get 20 touches this game. Hard to not have that guy in your lineup.
1: Yeah. I have another running back. Um, We alluded to before when you picked the, uh, the Bengals over the Titans that Mixon has, is in concussion protocol, still as of today, concussion protocol, to me, doesn't look good, especially that Cincinnati has to go to Tennessee, so that means he'd have to be cleared on Saturday to travel with the team. They don't get that extra day because if it was at Cincinnati, he could be cleared the day of, right? So fire up Samaj Pirine. Um, he did pretty damn good. He scored 30 points last game, and I expect another big day, especially when Jamar Chase maybe is – uh, you know, taking away some of that attention away from him. So I, I expect him to get like 12, you know, 12 points and a, P, and a half point per PPR.
0: Yeah, I uh, agreed. Uh, he did fantastic last week, and it was a lot of receiving. It wasn't even really touting the rock. I'm, I'm staying in running back land, and I'm saying Jeff Wilson. I mean, he is he is the number one back in Miami right now. He has removed Raheem Mostert from that slot. Mostert becomes the change of pace guy. Um, They are a finesse team, as you alluded to earlier. A highly favorable matchup against the Houston Texans this week. Um, As I mentioned, he's stealing those carries from Mostert anyway. He's really enjoying his reunion with Mike McDaniel as his play caller. And Lou can check me on this because I play Lou this week in a fantasy league. That Jeff Wilson is on that roster. You could bet your bottom dollar he's already in the
1: starting lineup for this week. Uh, congratulations you're you're beating up on a puppy right now <laughs> uh, i got one more uh i i also said you know i alluded to this before but the reason why i picked washington over atlanta is because the defense look at what they've done the last two weeks that defense and they're only getting stronger and, and they're playing faster they scored 15 points against philly and they scored 19 points against houston they play atlanta at home by the way so uh, i really feel like uh no no pits uh Atlanta likes to run the ball. Washington can stop the run. Where does that leave you? Third and longs, a lot of sacks, a lot of turnovers.
0: Yeah. Um, I have two more. I'm only going to go with one. They're both wide receivers. Um, Traylon Burks. And this is a hunch play. And the hunch play here, roll the dice, is most of you probably have just had him hanging around right now on your, your roster, sitting on IR for a little while. Now he's occupying a roster spot. Had a pretty good game last week. Um, I think, you know, he does face a good defense in Cincinnati, but I'm pegging them to focus heavily on stopping the run with Henry and Hilliard. So I do think the opportunities will be there, whether it's in garbage time or just, you know, big time third and seven, third and eights where they need to move the ball. And there's <laughs> really nobody else in this offense to go to right now. And, you know, Tannehill had a, you know, a good game last week and, and Traylon was a huge portion of that. So I think, uh, upside if you got some injury ro- woes, you're tight on the roster, maybe in a flex spot, you slide Traylon in there. Okay. All right. Lou that wraps us up for our week 11 coverage as we, in our foreshadowing of week 12, uh, to the, the fans, obviously, uh, Super happy Thanksgiving. Hope you get to spend it all with friends, family. Enjoy the extended time off. But before we part ways, where can they
1: find us, Lou? On Instagram and Twitter at WTF PodNFL and Weston. Tell them what they need to do on our YouTube page, man.
0: You need to follow us on YouTube. We're talking football. Hit the like. Hit the subscribe. Tell your friends. Do what you can for us. Let's grow this out. Lou and I don't get paid to allocate this time, but I promise you we bring better and stronger commentary than those individuals that you do watch on ESPN and Fox sports and do all of those things. This is real banter by real friend, real fans. Uh, Give it, it's worth a moment of your time. I promise you. So spread the word for us and we greatly appreciate it. But if
1: not, if not listen, guys, you can still follow us and just bash us. Like, yeah, literally- yeah, yeah. We are we're equal opportunists. We we love the love, we love the hate. Lou bashes me every
0: other week intensely where he sets me up for a question and then says, "Let me tell you why you're wrong." and set me up for the question. So we love it. We prefer it to be honest, right? We like a little confrontation. But again, to everybody and to yourself Lou and to the family, happy Thanksgiving and we'll be back next week. <laughs>